You're listening to another message from Generation City Church. Ah, well, it's great to be back in church. Good to see your faces again. And I've become accustomed to preaching off the stool. I kind of like it. I uh, just flicked the pulpit a little while back and I just enjoy being on a stool. I think it's more relaxing, it's more engaging. And uh, I kind of feel the anointing more. Um, maybe maybe it's, uh, it's more of a biblical thing, I don't know, to sit and share, but uh, it's good to be here today. You know, I, uh, I was thinking last night, it's uh, 17 years ago, in about uh, three weeks, that Margot and I took the leadership of this church, the 1st of November 1998, so in about three weeks' time it'll be 17 years, and I, I remember when we first came how overwhelmed I felt with the task that was before me. And I know I've shared this with you before, but I want to just share it again for those of you who perhaps not heard this story. I was walking, I was prayer walking uh, within the first week or two of taking over the church. And, and I was just talking to the Lord as I was walking down the street saying, God, I can't do this without you. I need you. I, I can't take on this role. I can't fulfill the requirements or the responsibilities unless you're with me unless you are walking with me, unless you are talking to me, unless your word comes alive to me, unless you direct my path, my footsteps, I, I can't do this. And as I was walking down the street, I was on my own, I literally felt a physical hand slip inside of mine. I've never had the experience before, and I don't think I've ever had it since, but I felt a physical hand slip inside of me. It was so real that it, it frightened me. It made me jump, and I turned to see who was there, but there was nobody there. And, and I knew at that moment that it was the hand of the Lord slipping his hand into mine, saying, we, we're in this together. And, uh, you know, in the last few years of, of the journey that we've been on, and, and more and more the Lord's allowing me to speak about the last few years, and, and I'm still very, very careful what I share because, um, you know, there were, there were some challenges that we faced, and, and people left our church as a result of those challenges, and I don't ever want to dishonor or um, put anybody else down. I want to share really what the Lord wants me to share, and only so that it builds up. I want my language to be redemptive. I want my behavior to be redemptive. I don't ever want it to be inflammatory. And, uh, you know, but in that particular journey, I had a very, very clear vision of Jesus. I've never had a vision of Jesus until this point. And uh, it, was, it was a vision like I'd not seen him before. You know, sometimes we can see the Hollywood productions of the greatest story ever told, um, you know, the story of, of uh, Easter and, and so on, and, and you see them on the TV that Hollywood has produced, even so much as the, uh, the Passion produced by Mel Gibson. It wasn't even a picture of anyone that I'd seen in Hollywood. It was just a different face to what I've ever seen before. But I knew it was Jesus, and it was in one of our prayer meetings. And I... Uh, I remember him looking at me and smiling, saying, follow me, we're in this together. And it was like a, a physical vision building onto the experience of him holding my hand, saying, we will walk this journey together, we're going to make it, we're going to do everything that we're here to do, and we will get to the other side. It was an exciting thing, but you know... Even though that's, that's only two experiences that I've had that have been so real and so life-changing for me, I, I can honestly say that I've walked my entire Christian journey, 35 years now, 
knowing the Lord is my shepherd, knowing that he is there as my God, knowing that he is my ever-present help in time of trouble, knowing that his grace will enable me to do whatever it is he's called me to do. And I believe that the reason that I am still in ministry today is because of that vertical relationship. It's because it's been so real. I've not walked a journey in my Christian life of just looking for God on Sunday. I, I really have followed him to the best of my ability and there are times where I've not felt his presence and they're the times you've got to trust that his presence is there. You have to, by faith, just believe. And I've said this before, that when you can't see his hand, you have to trust his heart. He says he'll never leave you nor forsake you. So even though you can't feel his presence, doesn't mean he's not there. It's often those times where he's just trying to push you into a greater faith zone. I have been on many occasions, in particular the last few years, I've, I've been in a scenario where I almost was taken out by the enemy. It, it was one of the most grueling, toughest seasons of my life, and it almost finished me off. But it, if it wasn't for the Lord being my shepherd, it would have finished me off. And I, I stand here today and give him all the honor and all the glory. It was just simply his provision, his, his strengthening, his grace upon my life that has sustained me to a point now where joy has returned. It's replaced depression. Vision has come back with greater clarity. My sense of God's presence and dependence upon him is at a level it has never been before in my entire Christian walk. I, I, uh, I was away this week with our team at our state conference. Something was said by the guest speaker that caught my attention and it, it really was a revelation to me but it made so much sense. He said, often preachers will say that the Lord will not give you more than you can handle. I've said that, but it's actually not true. It's not biblical. And I've based my statement on 1 Corinthians chapter 10 that says he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can cope with, but with the temptation will give you a way of escape. Probably heard me say it. But he said, that's talking about temptation. That's not talking about carrying something. It's not talking about being burdened with something. It's not talking about being given a responsibility. It's talking about temptation. And God will never tempt you. God will never put you in a place where he is tempting you. And what, what uh, happens when the enemy comes or life begins to lure you into temptation, the Lord will always provide a way of escape and will not allow you to be pressured by temptation more than you can handle. But when it comes to the calling of God upon our life, he will give you way more than you can handle. And I, I had a revelation this week that, that most of what I have found challenging in my journey as a minister has been things that have been way beyond my capacity to handle. And the reason he gives us more than we can handle is to drive us to our knees. And recognize, God, I cannot do this without you. But now I understand with you, I can do all things. The grace of God, the enabling power of God is the key to actually doing the supernatural. Much of what I'm called to do, I, my natural gifting will not allow me to do it. And when the 
season of the rapids started for Margot and I. It was prophesied over us at the end of September 2010. It all started in the January of 2011. We were forewarned by the Lord. And one of the, the statements in the prophetic word was what God is wanting to do in and through the church cannot be done by a man's gifting alone. It can only be done by a supernatural grace and dependence upon God to do the impossible. So I, I've learned that when the Lord is my shepherd, I can do the impossible. When the Lord is my shepherd, I can overcome the greatest of challenges. When the Lord is my shepherd, no weapon formed against me can prosper. Let me tell you this. The devil is stronger than you are. A lot of Christians don't believe that, but it's true. He is much stronger than you are, way stronger than you are. But he who is in you is greater than he who is ruling the world. And when the Lord is your shepherd and he lives in you and you, in the words of the old hymn we used to sing years and years ago, he lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me, he talks with me along life's narrow way. That's when you will actually look the enemy in the eye, you'll look the challenge in the eye and no weapon that the enemy, it can be one of the greatest weapons he has ever launched on humanity. It will not overcome you or overpower you when the Lord's your shepherd. I want to share with you today some thoughts out of Psalm 23. Um, I don't think I gave it, whoever's on down there, so I can see that, some hair at the top of the screen. Who is that hiding behind that? It's Ben. I don't know if you can get this up really quick, Ben. It's just the whole of Psalm 23 in the New King James Version. Let's see how fast Ben can move those fingers on that keypad. I should have come up before the service and given it to him. And I'm talking now, Ben, to give you space to move. So uh, are, we, are, you, are you there? Have you done it? Have you closed? Has he got it? Now, that's the church I see. He hasn't even found Psalms yet. It's in the Old Testament, Ben. Just, uh, just, just go to Genesis, turn right. Take a few steps in that direction and you'll come across the book of Psalms. And then you go to number 23 in that book. And there's only a few verses. Has he found it yet? Oh, Benjamin. Benj you've been in the church how long? I suppose it's a reflection upon me, is it not? Psalm 23, reading from verse 1. <laughs> hey, he's up there. Uh, it's a psalm of David, Psalm 23 and verse 1. says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me. In the presence of my enemies, you anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely, 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 goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You've got to notice that statement, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. There's no limit. There's no limit. There's, it's unqualified. When the Lord is your shepherd, you will lack for nothing. That's a promise in the Word of God. And I wonder whether the reason why many Christians live life lacking, 
when it comes to their emotional well-being, when it comes to their strength to overcome, when it comes to the provision of their inner health, their, their confidence in life, their, their ability to face life with a, a knowing that greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. I wonder if the reason there's such a level of anxiety in the heart of God's people, why we are so battling depression rather than living in an atmosphere of joy. I wonder if it comes down to the fact we are just Sunday Christians and the Lord is not really our shepherd. Because the Bible tells us that when the Lord is our shepherd, we shall not want. There'll be a lack of nothing in our life when the Lord is our shepherd. You won't lack joy. You won't lack peace. You won't lack health. You won't lack vision. You won't lack provision of every kind in your life when the Lord is your shepherd. You know, many have received Jesus as their savior, but is he their shepherd? Because when he's your shepherd... You have guidance, you have provision, you have protection, you have everything you need to get through whatever life brings your way. When the Lord is your shepherd, you know, when you truly become a disciple of Christ, when you become an authentic follower of Jesus, not just a church attender, or as my good friend Danny Gugamucci says, a churchian rather than a Christian, because there's a lot of churchians. And you can, you can be in church, but not at all in Christ. And only in Christ do you bear fruit. Only in Christ are you protected. Only in Christ can you be found on that day. I, I don't want to be found in church. I want to be found in Christ. I want to be found intimately connected to him. When the Lord is my shepherd, when I'm a disciple, a follower of Jesus, a follower, a follower of everything he is, everything he teaches, everything he, he calls me to, when I follow his mindset, his attitude, his call upon my life, his word, the Bible, which I, I, I see a church that loves the Bible. And, and when we become Christians who fall in love with the word of God and we come out of our Sunday into our Monday and into our Tuesday, and where, where the first thing we do is, is, Lord, what do you require of me today? Where do you want me to go today? What do, you, what do you want me to do today? Who do you want me to speak to today? God, I'm, I avail myself. I, I make myself available to you today. I want your voice with greater clarity more than ever before. I am a follower of Jesus Christ. And when you're a follower, he's your shepherd. And the shepherd will lead you and guide you and direct you every step of the way and will provide everything you need. Sometimes you need nothing. We're desperately trying to latch on to everything and he wants us to just need him. So he tries to get us to a point where we actually start thinking like we're lacking stuff. But because the Bible says you don't lack, when he's your shepherd, you will not lack. That means that you've got everything you need in him. When you think you're lacking God, I need this bill paid this week. God, I need this provision. God, I need you to come through on that. And, and nothing's happening. And it's like, well, God, where are you? Well, he's still there. He just wants you to be dependent on him. You see, I, I don't know if that's making sense to you. He wants you to know him and know that he's your provider. Don't just look for the provision. Look for the provider. That's, so that when the Lord's your shepherd, and you know him as your shepherd, you will be cared for and you'll be watched over. He makes me lie down in green pastures. You know, for a sheep to lie down and rest, it's got to be free of four things. If you know anything about sheep, if you've ever been a sheep farmer or you've ever 
worked with sheep, it's impossible to make a sheep lie down unless four requirements are met. Number one, they must be free from fear. Fear is a huge issue in the world today. But it's a huge issue in the church today. Christians that fear the uncertainty of tomorrow. Christians that fear the uncertainty of the economy. Christians that fear the uncertainty of the political stage of the world and what's happening in the Middle East and what's happening in, in uh, uh, even our, our own country with, with terror attacks and the potential of terror attacks. Fear is gripping people, but it's gripping the people of God. And as a result of that, we are not lying down in the green pasture. We're not resting in Him. A sheep... To, to actually rest has to be free of fear. If you've got fear in your life, God is not putting that there. He's not the author of fear. He's the author of peace. He's the author of contentment. He's the author of courage. And, and, and you know, I, I, I look across the church today and I see so much anxiety. I see so much worry and so much stress. And Christians are not resting in the confidence that the, that the Lord is their shepherd and guiding their every step. And because we're not free of fear, we're not lying down in the green pastures. And if we're not free of fear, I have to ask, is the Lord really your shepherd? Or are you a church attender? For a sheep to lie down, it, it has to be free from friction with other sheep. So much friction in the church today between the sheep. So many unresolved conflicts, so many unresolved offenses, so many resentments, so many disappointments, other people letting you down. People will always let you down. I will let you down. And if your dependence is upon people coming through for you, people looking after you, people making you feel better about yourself, you will be disappointed and you will end up with friction. But when the Lord's your shepherd, when you have a revelation that, that you decide, I'm, I'm going to follow Jesus, the, 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 world, the world behind me, the cross before me, I, I will follow after him and the Lord becomes your shepherd, peace begins to rest upon your life. But they have to be free from friction. Uh, if, a, if a sheep is to lie down, it's got to be free from flies. You know, if a sheep is tormented, it won't rest and lie down. Flies in the Bible represent the enemy. Beelzebub. The Bible calls him Beelzebub, the lord of the flies. You know, I just wonder whether we're entertaining more of the devil's thoughts than we are God's word. Oh, what if this doesn't work out? What if that doesn't work out? What if, what if this goes pear-shaped? What, what if that doesn't come off for me? I, I, I'm not sure. I, and, and, and the tormenting thoughts, rather than trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not in your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him and He will. You, you do know that verse, don't you? I hope you do. Because it's a promise out of the Word of God. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own thinking. Don't think, oh, I've got to work that out. I've got to solve that. I've got to fix this. I've got to resolve. No, trust in him with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. But instead, we, we let the thoughts of the enemy just bombard our mind and we think about what, what might happen, what might not happen, what if, what, you know. Many of the things we fear largely don't come off anyway. But we worry about it. We stress over it. Rather than stopping and going, the Lord's my shepherd. He'll look after me. I will not want for anything any good thing in my life, he will actually cause me to rest and trust as I follow him. But are you following him? 
Maybe the reason your head is so tormented is you're not really following him. This is a hard message, but I'm, I'm pleading with you. We're in a day and age. It's time to follow Jesus. It's time to actually stand up and follow him with all of our heart. It's time to stand up and look to him for every answer. In him is, is hidden all the treasure of wisdom and knowledge, all the treasure, all the treasure of wisdom and knowledge. The, the answer to every challenge you face is found in him. He's got the answers to every problem, every, every puzzle, every dilemma, every situation. He's got the answer, and they're found in him, in, in, in his word, in a, in a heart-to-heart. He walks with me. He talks with me along life's narrow way. That has been my experience in life because I've followed him. And I'm still standing today because I followed him. And it's not, oh, hey, look how great I am. I'm only standing because I hung on to him. But I couldn't have hung on to him if I didn't follow him. If I wasn't following him, I wouldn't have known where to find him. And it, it really, it scares me, the amount of Christians who, who you just hardly ever see in church. And then when they face a crisis, they're here and they're at the front and they're crying out, God, I need a healing. God, I need a touch. And then when the blessing comes, the blessing is the very thing that takes them away again. And then something else happens and they're back. Oh, I haven't seen them for ages. And then they're back at the altar. Oh, I need you to pray for me. I need you to stand me. Well, where's Jesus in there? I don't know where he is. I'm looking for him. It's like, because you haven't been following him. You know, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Uh, you know, to, for a, a sheep to lie down and rest. It's got to be free from fear. It's got to be free from fiction. It's got friction. It's got to be free from flies. It's got to also be free to find the food that it needs. Green pastures. Green pastures. Talks about nourishment, abundance, everything we need. If we would just follow him, he will provide our every single need. He leads me. When you know him as your shepherd, you live with that quiet confidence that your steps are ordered by the Lord. You know something? The last few years, we were in the deepest, darkest valley we have ever been in. I, I can't overstate how dark it got, how lonely it became, how painful it was. I, I, I was deeply wounded in the process to the point where even when it was all behind us, I couldn't stop the bleeding. And I thought for a moment the wounding was fatal. I thought this, even though it's behind us, even though everything has been resolved uh, as best as it could have been in the circumstances that we were in, I'm still hemorrhaging. And it wasn't logical that I was hemorrhaging. But I was still hemorrhaging. And I, I, I'm in this. And I, I thought, I've got to trust in this whole process, God, that you are, you are leading my steps. You are ordering my steps. Your word promises the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And you say, oh, well, that might be for you. I'm just not a good man. Well, if you're in Christ, you're a good man. Because it's not our goodness, it's his goodness. It's not our righteousness, it's his righteousness. And the moment I receive Christ and I trust in the blood and, and his body that was sacrificed on that cross on my behalf, his righteousness becomes my righteousness. His goodness becomes my goodness. So the moment I do that, I'm instantly made good in the eyes of God. I am now a good man and the steps of the Lord, or the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So I, I'm crying at God, you promised to lead me and lead me he did. I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Believe me, I, I, I say this very, very carefully, and I don't want to spin anybody out and freak anybody out, but I had never had a suicidal thought until I went through that valley. But here I was entertaining suicidal thoughts. 
I just wanted to check out. I, I just wanted to go to heaven. I just wanted to be with Jesus and make it all good and all happy. And there was one occasion where I actually walked across this street here and was looking for a car to run me down. I said, God, this would be so good if you could just clean me up. Just take me up. It, and it, then it wouldn't be suicide and it would, it would be honorable. It would be, it would be okay. And, and I'd go to heaven. God, just clean me up. So I just walked straight across the road hoping that nothing came along and run me down. When I got to the other side, I felt really guilty because I thought that would not be good for Margot. But that's how low I had become. But in the middle of that, I started saying, God, you're my shepherd. God, I need you. God, you've never let me down. All this time, you've never failed me. And he came through. You see, when, when the Lord is your shepherd, he, he leads you. No matter what happens, according to Psalm 31 and verse 14 through 15, your times will be firmly fixed in his hand. Now, I'm happy to tell you now I'm not suicidal. I don't believe I was suicidal, but I entertained suicidal thoughts. It, it, was a, it was a terrible, terrible battle. He restores my soul. You know, the term a shepherd uses when a sheep turns over on its back, it's often fatal. If a sheep ends up over on its back and it's, it's not well or it's weakened by some condition it finds itself in, it's, it's cast down. It, it, the sheep's been cast is a term the shepherd uses. And a shepherd will go looking for that sheep that's missing and if he finds it cast, he will restore it back to its feet and nurture it back to health. But if the shepherd doesn't find the sheep that's cast, it's usually fatal. The sheep doesn't survive. And this language that David's using as a shepherd was seeing himself like the sheep that we are. And he saw himself so often cast down by, by life, cast down by disappointment, cast down by setback, cast down by other people doing things to you that are not fair or are unjust or are cruel or whatever it might be. And you can find yourself just totally stuffed, for want of a better word. And you cast it. David says, he restores my soul. I'm cast down within me. And he comes and he restores my soul. I, taught, I, I spoke last Sunday about the heart of God to restore the lost and the broken and to put back together those that are wounded and those that are hurting. And I spoke about the, the, the desire of God to do that. But if the Lord is not your shepherd, he can't do it. You have to be positioned under the shepherd for him to restore you back to health, whatever that health might be, whatever has cast you down in life. If the Lord is not your shepherd, where you're looking for him every day, where you're searching the scriptures to get a fresh revelation of his heartbeat towards you, if the Lord is not your shepherd and you're broken on the inside, if you just come to church on Sunday, no matter how many altar calls you come to, if you are not following Jesus, the shepherd, he can't restore your soul. You have to place. That's why the, the Bible, I think it's Ezekiel, talks about the clay and the potter. It talks about I'm the clay, he's the potter. And we, we're on the potter's wheel and he shapes us and he twists us and he bends us and he stretches us. And sometimes it can be painful. But what he makes is a vessel of absolute perfection. But we have to be positioned on the potter's wheel. We have to allow him to do that. He restores my soul. The Amplified Version says he restores my life. He protects me. Leads me through the valley of the shadow of death. You know, every, every mountain has its valley, has its ravines, has its places where predators hide. 
and to get to the higher ground, for the shepherd to take his sheep to the higher ground, to the, the ground that's in the sunshine where the lush meadows are. To get his sheep there, he's got to take them through the ravine and he has to be protecting and guarding and watching. And while the sheep are feeding, his, his eyes are scanning for the attack of a predator. That's what our shepherd does for us when the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. He's what, if we're following him, he's, he's guarding our back. If we're going where he's leading us to go, he's guarding our back. And sometimes he leads us into some dark ravines. Because to get to the high ground, you've got to go through the dark ravine. Can you hear me? You think, oh, why am I here? God's, no, God's led you there. And he's going to show you that though you walk through those ravines and those dark valleys and those down times and those times where you feel abandoned and like an orphan, when you trust God, your word says that you will lead me through the valley of the shadow of death. I will not be afraid. Fear will not take a hold of my mind. I will not allow friction to grow between my, my fellow sheep. I, I will keep following you and I will stay firm and fixed on you. I will not let bitterness get into my heart or disappointment over take my mind I will follow you you will come out the other side he will lead you through the valley of the shadow of death but he has to be your shepherd so this this is really good but to be a follower of the shepherd means you be a disciple that's what a disciple is it's a follower it's a follower of Jesus a follower of all that he teaches are you a disciple of Christ or are you a churchian We've got to be followers of Jesus. We've got to be people who love him and serve him and pursue him and chase him down. He protects me. He guides me or he feeds me. He prepares a table for me in the presence of my enemies. God, kill these people. God, back these demonic entities off. God, deal with them. No, he's just saying, no, no I want you to learn to just feed on me in the presence of your enemies. You know, in the midst of all that God is doing, evil will always be present. Get used to it. Evil will always be present. The enemy will always be there until the Lord deals with him. But in the meantime, he hasn't dealt with him. You can be smack in the middle of God's will. Smack right bang in the middle of God's will. Evil will always be around you. Trying to discourage you, trying to stop you, trying to take you out. The predator trying to isolate you from the flock. That's why the corporate gathering is so important. We encourage one another. We support one another. You know, and I've watched people, they become offended in church. So they start to isolate themselves from the flock and they start to run alone. And very soon, they're not walking with Jesus anymore. And the enemy's gone, I just isolated that one and took him out really quick. But when you're in the flock, when you're in the pack and you're under the shepherd and you're following the shepherd, there's protection, there's guidance. And he feeds you and he, he looks after you and he gives you what you need in the middle of the oppression. He anoints my head with oil. You know, there's a particular kind of a fly. This is really gross. But there's a particular kind of a fly, and I believe it's in the Middle East, that gets inside the nose of the sheep and lays its maggots in the nose of the sheep. And the maggots multiply in the nasal and sinus cavities of the sheep. It's gross, isn't it? And these little wriggly crawly maggots, and I, I believe it's called the bot fly, 
but it gets in the nose of the sheep, lays its maggots, and it fills the nasal and sinus cavities with, with little maggots that turn into more flies. And it so multiplies in the nose of the sheep that the sheep becomes incredibly irritated and agitated. And, and it's not uncommon to see sheep that have been infected by this bot fly banging its head on the ground or against the rock because of the, the torment of what's going on inside. Let me tell you something. That's how the enemy works in your head. He gets in your head and he lays his maggots and he, he, he multiplies his, his little demonic entities that, that want to feed your mind with negativity and doubt and discouragement and despondency and, and, and setback and disappointment. And that whole unbelief begins to be incubated in your head and in your mind. And it's the enemy in there. But, but the shepherd, he anoints my head with oil. You think, what's that got to do with sheep? It's something that doesn't... He's talking about being a shepherd. He feeds me. He guides me. He he shepherds me through the valley of the shadow of death. But now he anoints my head with oil. The shepherds, when a sheep was infected by the bot fly, would pour oil into the nasal cavity of the sheep and it would agitate and irritate the maggots and they'd begin to leave the sheep and the oil would dry. What is oil in the Bible? It's the Holy Spirit. You get into the presence of the Holy Spirit and you let the anointing of the Holy Spirit come upon you like it does in Psalm 133. When you, as a disciple of Jesus, you come and surrender afresh to him and the Holy Spirit comes on you and just permeates every fiber of your being with the oil of his presence. The enemy cannot stay and peace comes and clarity comes and vision comes and hope comes. It's the anointing oil on the head that brings clarity of thinking. But if the Lord's not your shepherd, you can't get this. It's only when the Lord's your shepherd. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. That that word follow is the Hebrew word radaf. This is really interesting. Surely goodness and mercy shall radaf me. All the days of my life. That word radaf means to pursue and hunt down. So in other words, you could read it as surely goodness and mercy will pursue me and hunt me down all the days of my life. That is amazing. When the Lord's your shepherd, goodness and mercy will hunt you down. Don't go looking for goodness and mercy. Go looking for the shepherd and goodness and mercy will hunt you down and look for you. The band, you can come back. You can't have any of that unless the Lord's your shepherd. Unless you are a disciple of Christ. When Jesus went out looking for followers, what did he do? Follow me and I will make. Follow me and I will provide. Follow me. Look for me. Pursue me and follow me. Don't don't just follow a church. Follow Jesus. And all of these things are yours. You will, you will lack for no good thing. And when you feel like you are lacking, well, that hasn't solved, this hasn't come through, that hasn't been provided for. It's like, no, he's trying to get you to a point where you realize that when you've got Jesus, you lack for nothing. And he doesn't want you looking for the things, he wants you looking for him. And when you find him, all these other things hunt you down. I want you to close your eyes and bow your head just for a moment. Maybe you're in the meeting this morning and in, in some ways you felt, well, I, I can't say that I really am following Jesus. 
been a Christian for a lot of years. I've been going to church for a lot of years, but I, I can't say that my daily experience has been one of following the shepherd. Maybe you're in the meeting this morning and you've never experienced Jesus as your shepherd. At some point in the journey of your life, things have not worked out well for you. Problems have overtaken you. Maybe life's been okay, but, but whatever circumstances you're in has brought you here today and you've never experienced Jesus as your shepherd. Whatever one of those two categories you're in, I'd like to give you an opportunity today to surrender your life to him. I did it 35 years ago and I've never looked back. And I can go through the journey of my life and I can pinpoint times and seasons where I was deep in the valley of the shadow of death, particularly the last few years. I can pinpoint that. But now looking back, I can see the hand of Jesus was on me the whole way. He will get you through whatever it is you're going through. But let me tell you, it is so much easier when he's your shepherd and you're following him with all your heart. If that's you today, You've never received Jesus as your shepherd or perhaps you have and things have not worked out like you had expected and you found yourself back in church today and you're saying, I'd like a fresh beginning with this. I really want Jesus as my shepherd. I want you to raise your hand right where you are. I'll see it and I'll know to pray for you this morning. Lift it up nice and high. Hold it up till I see it. And then I'm just going to pray a blanket prayer over everybody today. Maybe everybody's made that decision. Maybe you've taken that step. I know there are some here today. I, I, I've taken this step only in recent weeks. And I think it's great to see you back again. Father, I, I pray this morning that each of us would leave here today with a greater hunger and a greater desire to follow you, to be a disciple of Jesus, a follower of Jesus. That we would learn to know your voice and follow that with unconditional obedience. Knowing, Lord, that you direct our steps to green pastures and you restore our lives. Give us a greater revelation of that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Let's stand together.